0: Book two continued of the History of Britain by John Milton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Thomas Copeland. I affect not set speeches in a history, unless known for certain to have been spoken in effect as they are written, nor then unless they are worth rehearsal. And to invent such, though eloquently, as some historians have done, is an abuse of posterity raising in them that read other conceptions of those times and persons than were true much less therefore do i purpose here or elsewhere to copy out tedious orations without decorum though in their authors composed ready to my hand hitherto what we have heard of cassibulin togodumnus venusius and caracticus hath been full of magnanimity soberness and martial skill but the truth is that in this battle and whole business the britons never more plainly manifested themselves to be right barbarians no rule no foresight no forecast experience or estimation either of themselves or of their enemies such confusion such impotence as seemed likest not to a war but to the wild hurry of a distracted woman with as mad a crew at her heels therefore suetonius contemning their unruly noises and fierce looks, heartens his men, but to stand close a while, and strike manfully this headless rabble that stood nearest, the rest would be a purchase rather than a toil. And so it fell out, for the legion, when they saw their time, bursting out like a violent wedge, quickly broke and dissipated what opposed them. All else held only out their necks to the slayer, for their own carts and wagons were so placed by themselves as left them but little room to escape between. The Romans slew all. Men, women, and the very drawing horses lay heaped along the field in a gory mixture of slaughter. About fourscore thousand Britons are said to have been slain on the place. The enemy scarce four hundred, and not many more wounded. Boadicea poisoned herself or as others say sickened and died she was of stature big and tall a visage grim and stern harsh of voice her hair of a bright colour flowing down to her hips she wore a plighted garment of divers colours with a great golden chain buttoned over all a thick robe gildas calls her the crafty lioness and leaves an ill fame upon her doings dion sets down otherwise the order of this fight and that the field was not won without much difficulty nor without intention of the britons to give another battle had not the death of oedicea come between albeit suetonius to preserve discipline and to dispatch the relics of war lodged with all the army in the open field which was supplied out of germany with a thousand horse and ten thousand foot thence dispersed to winter and with incursions to waste those countries that stood out but to the Britons famine was a worse affliction having left off during this uproar to till the ground and made reckoning to serve themselves on the provisions of their enemy nevertheless those nations that were yet untamed hearing of some discord risen between suetonius and the new procurator klasikianus were brought but slowly to terms of peace and the rigour used by suetonius on them that yielded taught them the better course to stand on their defence for it is certain that suetonius though else a worthy man overproud of his victory gave too much way to his anger against the britons crocycian therefore sending such word to rome that these severe proceedings would beget an endless war polyclitus no roman but a courtier was sent by nero to examine how things went He, admonishing Suetonius to use more mildness, awed the army, and to the Britons gave matter of laughter, who, so much even till then, were nursed up in their native liberty, as to wonder that so great a general with his whole army should be at the rebuke and ordering of a court servitor. But Suetonius, a while after, having lost a few galleys on the shore, was bid resign his command to Petronius Terpidianus, who not provoking the Britons, nor by them provoked was thought to have pretended the love of peace to what indeed was his love of ease and sloth trebellius maximus followed his steps usurping the name of gentle government to any remissness or neglect of discipline which brought in first license next disobedience into his camp incensed against him partly for his covetousness partly by the incitement of roshius caelius legate of a legion with whom formerly disagreeing now that civil war began in the empire he fell to open discord charging him with disorder and sedition and him caelius with peeling and defrauding the legions of their pay insomuch that trebellius hated and deserted of the soldiers was content a while to govern with base entreaty and forced at length to fly the land which notwithstanding remained in good quiet governed by caelius and the other legate of the legion both faithful to vitellius then emperor who sent hither vectius bolanus under whose lenity though not tainted with other fault against the Britons, nothing was done nor in their own discipline reform petilius caraelus by appointment of vespasian succeeding had to do with the populace brigantes in many battles and some of those not unbloody for, as we heard before, it was Venusius who even to these times held them tack, both himself remaining to the end unvanquished, and some part of his country not so much as reached. It appears also by several passages in the history of Tacitus that no small matter of British forces were commanded sea the year before, to serve in those bloody wars between Otho and Vitellius, Vitellius and Vespasian contending for the empire. To Cerealis succeeded Julius Frontinus in the government of Britain. Post Christ seventy nine, return to text. Who, by taming the Silures, a people warlike and strongly inhabiting, augmented much his reputation. But Julius Agricola, whom Vespasian, in his last year, sent hither, trained up from his youth in the British wars, extended with victories the Roman limit beyond all his predecessors. His coming was in the midst of summer and the ordovices to welcome the new general had hewn in pieces a whole squadron of horse which lay upon their bounds few escaping agricola who perceived that the noise of this defeat had also in the province desirous of novelty stirred up new expectations resolves to be beforehand with the danger and drawing together the choice of his legions with a competent number of german auxiliaries not being met by the ordovices who kept the hills himself in the head of his men hunts them up and down through difficult places almost to the final extirpation of that whole nation with the same current of success what paulinus had left unfinished he conquers in the isle of mona for the islanders altogether fearless of his approach whom they knew to have no shipping when they saw themselves invaded on a sudden by the auxiliaries whose country use had taught them to swim over with horse and arms were compelled to yield this gained agricola much opinion who at his very entrance a time which others bestowed of course in hearing compliments and gratulations had made such early progress into laborious and hardest enterprises but by far not so famous was agricola in bringing war to a speedy end as in cutting off the causes from whence war arises for he knowing that the end of war was not to make way for injuries in peace, began reformation from his own house, permitted not his attendants and followers to sway, or have to do it all, in public affairs, lays on with equality the proportions of corn and tribute that were imposed, takes off exactions and the fees of encroaching officers heavier than the tribute itself. For the countries had been compelled before to sit and wait the opening of the public granaries, and both to sell and to buy their corn at what rate the publicans thought fit, the purveyors also commanding when they pleased to bring it in, not to the nearest, but still to the remotest places, either by the compounding of such as would be excused, or by causing a dearth where none was made a particular gain. These grievances and the like he in the time of peace removing brought peace into some credit which before since the romans coming had as ill name as war the summer following titus being then emperor he so continually with inroads disquieted the enemy over all the isle and after terror so allured them with his gentle demeanour that many cities which till that time would not bend gave hostages admitted garrisons and came in voluntarily the winter he spent all in worthy actions teaching and promoting like a public father the institutes and customs of civil life the inhabitants rude and scattered and by that the proner to war he so persuaded to build houses temples and seats of justice and by praising the forward quickening the slow assisting all turned the name of necessity into an emulation he caused moreover the noblemen's sons to be bred up in liberal arts and by preferring the wits of britain before the studies of gallia brought them to affect the latin eloquence who before hated the language then were the roman fashions imitated and the gown after a while the incitements also and materials of vice and voluptuous life proud buildings baths and the elegance of banqueting which the foolisher sort called civility but was indeed a secret art to prepare them for bondage Spring appearing, he took the field, and with a prosperous expedition, wasted as far northward as the frith of Taus, the countries of all that obeyed not, with such a terror, as he went, that the Roman army, though much hindered by tempestuous weather, had the leisure to build forts and castles where they pleased, none daring to oppose them. Besides, Agricola had this excellence in him, so providently to choose his places where to fortify, as not another general then alive no sconce or fortress of his raising was ever known either to have been forced or yielded up or quitted out of these impregnable by siege or in that case duly relieved with continual eruptions he so prevailed that the enemy whose manner was in winter to regain what in summer he had lost was now alike in both seasons kept short and straitened. for these exploits then esteemed so great and honourable titus in whose reign they were achieved was for the fifteenth time saluted imperator, and of him Agricola received triumphal honours. The fourth summer, Domitian then ruling the empire, he spent in settling and confirming what the year before he had travelled over with a running conquest. And, had the valour of his soldiers been answerable, he would have reached that year as was thought the utmost bounds of Britain. For Glota and Bodotria, now Britain and the Frith of Edinburgh, two opposite arms of the sea, divided only by a neck of land, and all the creeks and inlets on this side were held by the Romans, and the enemy was driven, as it were, into another island. In his fifth year, note, post-Christ, 83, return to text, he passed over into the Orkneys, as we may probably guess, and other Scotch Isles, discovering and subduing nations till then unknown. He gained also with his forces that part of Britain which faces Ireland, as aiming also to conquer that island where one of the irish kings driven out by civil wars coming to him he both gladly received and retained him as against a fit time the summer ensuing on a mistrust that the nations beyond bodotria would generally rise and forlay the passages by land he caused his fleet making a great show to bear along the coast and up the friths and harbours joining most commonly at night on the same shore both land and sea forces with mutual shouts and loud greetings at sight whereof the britons not one to see their sea so ridden were much daunted albeit the caledonians note post christ eighty four returned to text with great preparation and by rumour as of things unknown much greater taking arms and of their own accord beginning war by the assault of sundry castles sent back some of their fear to the romans themselves and there were of the commanders who cloaking their fear under show of sage advice "'counseled the general to retreat back on this side the trip "'He, in the meanwhile, having intelligence "'that the enemy would fall on him in many bodies, "'divided also his army into three parts, "'which advantage the Britons, quickly spying, "'and on a sudden uniting what before they had disjoined, "'assailed by night with all their forces "'that part of the Roman army which they knew to be the weakest, "'and breaking in upon the camp, surprised between sleep and fear, "'had begun some execution.' when agricola who had learnt what way the enemies took and followed them with all speed sending before him the lightest of his horse and foot to charge them behind the rest as they came on to affright them with clamour so plied them without respite that by the approach of day the roman ensign glittering all about had encompassed the britons who now after a sharp fight in the very ports of the camp betook them to their wanted refuge the woods and fens pursued a while by the romans that day else in all appearance had ended the war the legions re-encouraged by this event they also now boasting who but lately trembled cry all to be led on as far as there was british ground the Britons also not acknowledging the loss of that day to have been due to the roman valour but to the policy of their captain abated nothing of their stoutness but arming their youth conveying their wives and children to places of safety in frequent assemblies and by solemn covenants bound themselves to mutual assistance against the common enemy about the same time a cohort of germans having slain their centurion with other roman officers in a mutiny and for fear of punishment fled on shipboard launched forth in three light galleys without pilot and by tide or weather carried round about the coast using piracy where they landed while their ships held out and as their skills served them with various fortune were the first discoverers to the Romans that Britain was an island. Note, post Christ eighty five. Return to text. The following summer, Agricola, having before sent his navy to hover on the coast, and with sundry and uncertain landings to divert and disunite the Britons, himself, with a power best appointed for expedition, wherein also were many Britons whom he had long tried, both valued and faithful, marches onward to the mountain Grampius where the britons to the number of about thirty thousand were now lodged and still increasing for neither would their old men so many as were yet vigorous and lusty be left at home long practised in war and every one adorned with some badge or cognizance of his warlike deeds long ago of whom galgacus both by birth and merit the prime leader of their courage though of itself hot and violent is by his rough oratory and detestation of servitude and the roman yoke said to have added much more eagerness of fight, testified by their shouts and barbarous applauses. As much did on the other side Agricola exhort his soldiers to victory and glory. As much the soldiers, by his firm and well-grounded exhortations, were all on a fire to the onset. But first he orders them on this sort. Of eight thousand auxiliary foot, he makes his middle ward. On the wings, three thousand horse. The legions, as a reserve, stood in array before the camp either to seize the victory won without their own hazard or to keep up the battle if it should need the british powers on the hillside, as might best serve for show and terror stood in their battalions the first on even ground the next rising behind as the hill ascended the field between rung with the noise of horsemen and chariots ranging up and down agricola doubting to be over-winged stretches out his front though somewhat with the thinnest inasmuch that many advised to bring up the legions yet he not altering alights from his horse and stands on foot before the ensigns the fight began aloof and the britons had a certain skill with their broad swashing swords and short bucklers either to strike aside or to bear off the darts of their enemies and withal to send back showers of their own until agricola discerning that those little targets and unwieldy glaives ill pointed would soon become ridiculous against the thrust and close, commanded three Batavian cohorts, and two of the Tungrians exercised and armed for a close fight to draw up and come to handy strokes. The Batavians, as they were commanded, running in upon them, now with their long tucks thrusting at the face, now with their piked targets bearing them down, had made good riddance of them that stood below, and for haste, omitting further execution, began a pace to advance uphill seconded now by all the other cohorts meanwhile the horsemen fly the charioteers mix themselves to fight among the foot where many of their horse also fallen in disorderly were now more a mischief to their own than before a terror to their enemies the battle was a confused heap the ground unequal men horses chariots crowded pell-mell sometimes in little room by and by and large fighting rushing felling overbearing overturning they on the hill, which were not yet come to blows, perceiving the fewness of their enemies, came down amain, and had enclosed the Romans then the wares behind, but that Agricola, with a strong body of horse, which he reserved for such a purpose, repelled them back as fast. And others, drawn off the front, were commanded to wheel about, and charge them on the backs. Then were the Romans clearly masters. They follow, they wound, they take, and, to take more, kill whom they take. THE Britons, IN WHOLE TROOPS, WITH WEAPONS IN THEIR HANDS, ONE WHILE FLEEING THE PURSUER, ANON WITHOUT WEAPONS, DESPERATELY RUNNING UPON THE SLAYER. BUT ALL OF THEM, WHEN ONCE THEY GET THE WOODS TO THEIR SHELTER, WITH FRESH BOLDNESS MADE HEAD AGAIN, AND THE FORWARDEST, ON A SUDDEN THEY TURNED AND SLEW, THE REST SO HAMPERED, AS HAD NOT AGRICOLA, WHO WAS EVERYWHERE AT HAND, SENT OUT HIS readiest COHORTS, WITH A PART OF HIS HORSE, TO ALIGHT AND SCOUR THE WOODS, THEY HAD RECEIVED A FOIL IN THE MIDST OF VICTORY. But following with a close and orderly pursuit, the Britons fled again, and were totally scattered, till night and weariness ended the chase. And of them that day ten thousand fell. Of the Romans, three hundred and forty. Among whom Aulus Atticus, the leader of a cohort, carried with heat of youth and the fierceness of his horse, too far off. The Romans, jocund of this victory and the spoil they got, spent the night. The vanquished, wandering about the field, both men and women, some lamenting, some calling their lost friends or carrying off their wounded, others forsaking, some burning their own houses. And it was certain enough that there were who, with a stern compassion, laid violent hands on their wives and children to prevent the more violent hands of hostile injury. Next day, appearing manifested more plainly the greatness of their loss received. Everywhere silence, desolation, houses burning afar off, not a man seen, all fled and doubtful whither. Such words, the scouts springing in from all parts, and the summer now spent, no fit season to disperse a war. The Roman general leads his army among the Horestians, by whom hostages being given. He commands his admiral with a sufficient navy to sail round the coast of britain himself with slow marches that his delay in passing might serve to awe those new conquered nations bestows his army in their winter quarters the fleet also having fetched a prosperous and speedy compass about the isle put in at the haven tridolensis now richburg near sandwich from whence it first set out and now likeliest if not two years before as was mentioned the Romans might discover and subdue the isles of Orkney, which others, with less reason, following Eusebius and Erosius, attribute to the deeds of Claudius. These perpetual exploits abroad won him wide fame, with Domitian, under whom great virtue was as punishable as open crime, won him hatred, for he, maligning the renown of these his acts, in show decreed him honours, in secret devised his ruin. Note post christ eighty six return to text agricola therefore commanded home for doing too much of what he was sent to do left the province to his successor quiet and secure whether he as his conjecture were celestius lucullus or before him some other for suetonius only names him legate of britain under the mission but further of him or aught else done here until the time of hadrian is nowhere plainly to be found Some gather by a preface in Tacitus to the book of his histories that what Agricola won here was soon after by Domitian, either through want of valour lost, or through envy neglected. And Juvenal, the poet, speaks of our Viragus in these days, and not before, king of Britain, who stood so well in his resistance as not only to be talked of at Rome, but to be held matter of a glorious triumph, if Domitian could take him captive or overcome him then also claudia rufina the daughter of a Briton, and wife of pudence a roman senator lived at rome famous by the verse of martial for beauty wit and learning the next we hear of britain is that when trajan was emperor it revolted and was subdued but hadrian next entering on the empire they soon unsubdued themselves julius severus saith dion then governed the island a prime soldier of that age he being called away to suppress the Jews then in tumult, left things at such a pass as caused the emperor in person to take a journey hither. Note, Post-Christ, 122, returned to text. Where many things he reformed, and as Augustus and Tiberius counseled to confine the empire within moderate bounds, he raised a wall with great stakes driven in deep and fastened together in manner of a strong mound fourscore miles in length to divide what was roman from what was barbarian as his manner was to do in other frontiers of his empire where great rivers divided not the limits no ancient author names the situation of this wall but old inscriptions and the ruin itself yet testifies where it went along between solway frith by carlisle and the mouth of the river tyne hadrian having quieted the island took it for honour to be titled on his coin the restorer of britain in his time also priscus licinius as appears by an old inscription was lieutenant here antoninus Pius reigning the brigantes ever least patient of foreign domination breaking in upon genunia which camden guesses to be Gwynethia or north wales part of the roman province were with the loss of much territory driven back by lollius urbicus who drew another wall of turves in likelihood much beyond the former and as camden proves between the frith of Dunbriton and of Edinburgh, to hedge out incursions from the north. And Saeus Saturnius, as is collected from the digests, note, post-Christ 144, return to text, had charge here of the Roman navy. With like success did Marcus Aurelius, note, post-Christ 162, return to text, the next emperor, by his legate calphurnius Agricola, finish here a new war commodus after him obtaining the empire in his time as among so many different accounts may seem most probable lucius a supposed king in some part of britain was the first of any king in europe that we read of that received the christian faith and this nation the first that by public authority professed it a high and singular grace from above if sincerity and perseverance went along otherwise an empty boast and to be feared the verifying of that true sentence the first shall be last. And indeed, the praise of this action is more proper to King Lucius than common to the nation, whose first professing by public authority was no real commendation of their true faith, which had appeared more sincere and praiseworthy, whether in this or any other nation, if it had been first professed without public authority, or against it as it might else have been but outward conformity. Lucius, in our Monmouth story, is made the second by descent from Marius. Marius, the son of Arviragus, is there said to have overthrown the Picts, then first coming out of Scythia, and to have slain Roderick their king, and in sign of victory to have set up a monument of stone in the country since called Westmeria. But these things have no foundation the son of marius all his reign which was just and peaceable holding great amity with the romans left it hereditary to lucius he if beda or not living near five hundred years after yet our ancientest author of this report sent to Eleutherius, then bishop of rome note post christ 181 returned to text an improbable letter as some of the contents discover desiring that by his appointment he and his people might receive christianity from whom two religious doctors named in our chronicles thagonus and deruvianus being forthwith sent are said to have converted and baptized well nigh the whole nation thence lucius to have had the surname of levermauer that is to say great light yet then first was the christian faith here known but even from the latter days of tiberius as gildas confidently affirms had been taught and propagated and that as some say by simon zelotius as others say by joseph of arimathea barnabas paul peter and their prime disciples but of these matters variously written and believed ecclesiastical historians can best determine as the best of them do with little credit given to the particulars of such uncertain relations As for Lucius, they write that after a long reign, he was buried in Gloucester, but dying without issue, left the kingdom in great commotion. By truer testimony, we find that the greatest war which in those days busied Commodus was in this island. For the nations northward, notwithstanding the wall raised to keep them out, breaking in upon the Roman province, wasted wide, and both the army and the leader that came against them wholly routed and destroyed. Which put the emperor in such a fear as to despatch hither one of his best commanders, Ulpius Marcellus. Note, post Christ 183. Return to text. He, a man endowed with all nobleness of mind, frugal and temperate, mild and magnanimous, in war bold and watchful, invincible against lucre and the assault of bribes, what with his valor and these his other virtues, quickly ended this war that looked so dangerous and had himself like to have been ended by the peace which he brought home for presuming to be so worthy and so good and the envy of so worthless and so bad an emperor after whose departure the roman legions fell to sedition among themselves fifteen hundred of them went to rome in the name of the rest and were so terrible to commodus himself as that to please them he delivered up to their care herennus the captain of his guard for having, in the British War, removed their leaders, who were senators, and in their places put those of the equestrian order, notwithstanding which compliance they endeavoured here to set up another emperor against him, and Helvius Pertinax, post Christ 186, returned to text, who succeeded as governor, found it a work so difficult to appease them that once in a mutiny he was left for dead among many slain. And though afterwards he severely punished the tumulters, was fain at length to seek a dismission from his charge. After him, Claudius Albinus took the government, but he, for having to the soldiers made an oration against monarchy, by the appointment of Commodus, was bid to resign to Junius Severus. Post 193, return to text. But Albinus, in those troublesome times ensuing under the short reign of Pertinax and Didius Julianus found means to keep in his hands the government of britain although septimius severus who next held the empire sent hither heraclitus to displace him but in vain for albinus with all the british powers and those of gallia met severus about lyons in france and fought a bloody battle with him for the empire though he was at last vanquished and slain the government of britain severus divided between two deputies till then one legate was thought sufficient the north he committed to various lupus where the metai rising in arms and the caledonians though they had promised the contrary to lupus preparing to defend them he was so hard beset that he was compelled to buy his peace and a few prisoners with great sums of money but hearing that severus had now brought to an end his other wars he writes him plainly the state of things here that the britons of the north made war upon him broke into the province, and harassed all the countries nigh them, so that there needed suddenly either more aid, or the authority of Severus himself in person. Severus, though now much weakened with age and the gout, yet desirous to leave some memorial of his warlike achievements here, as he had done in other places, and hoping also to withdraw by this means his two sons, from the pleasures of Rome, and his soldiers, from idleness, Sets out with a mighty power, and far sooner than could be expected, arrives in Britain. Post Christ two hundred three, returned text. The northern people, much daunted with the report of so great forces brought over with him, and yet more preparing, send ambassadors to treat of peace and to excuse their former doings. The emperor, now loath to return home without some memorable thing done, whereby he might assume to his other titles the addition of britannicus delays his answer and quickens his preparations till in the end when all things were in readiness to follow them they are dismissed without effect his principal care was to have many bridges laid over bogs and rotten moors that his soldiers might have to fight on sure footing for it seems through lack of tillage the northern parts were then as ireland is at this day and the inhabitants, in like manner, wanted to retire and defend themselves in such watery places, half naked. He also, being past Adrian's Wall, note post Christ two hundred nine, returned a text, cut down woods, made ways through hills, fastened and filled up unsound and plashy fens. Notwithstanding all this industry used, the enemy kept himself so cunningly within his best advantages and seldom appearing so opportunely found his times to make eruptions upon the romans when they were most in straits and difficulties sometimes training them on with a few cattle turned out and when drawn within ambush cruelly handling them so that many a time when they were enclosed in the midst of sloughs and quagmires they chose rather themselves to kill such as were faint and could not shift away than to leave them there a prey to the caledonians thus lost severus and by sickness in those noisome places no less than fifty thousand men and yet desisted not though for weakness carried in a litter till he had marched through with his army to the utmost northern verge of the isle and the britons offering peace were compelled to lose much of their country which had not before been subject to the romans note post christ to ten return to text severus on the frontiers of what he had firmly conquered builds a wall across the island from sea to sea, which one author judges the most magnificent of all his other deeds, and that he thence received the style of Britannicus, in length a 132 miles. Morogius adds it fortified, with a deep trench, and between certain spaces many towers or battlements. The place whereof some will have to be in Scotland, the same which Lollius Urbicus had walled before. Others affirm it only Hadrian's work re-edified, both plead authorities and the ancient track yet visible. But this I leave among the studious of these antiquities to be discussed more at large. While peace held, the Empress Julia, meeting on a time certain British ladies, and discoursing with the wife of Argentoxus, a Caledonian, cast out a scoff against the looseness of our island women, whose manner then was to use promiscuously the company of diverse men whom straight the british women boldly thus answered much better do we britons fulfil the work of nature than you romans we with the best men accustomed openly you with the basest commit private adulteries whether she thought this answer might serve to justify the practice of her country as when vices are compared the greater seems to justify the less or whether the law and custom wherein she was bred had whipped out of her conscience the better of nature and not convinced her of the shame certain it is that whereas other nations used a liberty not unnatural for one man to have many wives the britons altogether as licentious but more absurd and preposterous in their license had one or many wives in common among ten or twelve husbands and those for the most part incestuously but no sooner was severus returned into the province than the britons take arms again against whom severus worn out with labours and infirmity sends antoninus his eldest son expressly commanding him to spare neither sex nor age but antoninus who had his wicked thoughts taken up with the contriving of his father's death a safer enemy than a son did the britons not much detriment whereat severus more overcome with grief than any other malady, ended his life at York. Post Christ two eleven return to text. After whose decease, Antoninus Caracalla, his impious son, concluding peace with the Britons, took hostages and departed to Rome. The conductor of all this northern war, Scottish writers named Donaldus, he of Monmouth Fulgentius, in the rest of his relation nothing worth. From hence, the Roman Empire declining apace, good historians growing scarce or lost, have left us little else but fragments for many years ensuing. Under Gordian the Emperor, we find by the inscription of an altar stone, note, post-Christ 259, return to text, that Nonius Philippus governed here. Under Gallienus, we read that there was a strong and general revolt from the Roman legate, of the thirty tyrants which not long after took upon them the style of emperors, note post Christ two fifty-nine, return to text, by many coins found among us. Lolinus, Victorinus, posthumus the Tetrarchi, and Marius are conjectured to have risen or borne great sway in this island. Post Christ two sixty seven, return to text. Whence Porphyrius, a philosopher then living, said that britain was a soil fruitful of tyrants and is noted to be the first author that makes mention of the scottish nation while probus was emperor Bonifus, the son of a rhetorician bred up a spaniard though by descent a Briton, and a matchless drinker nor much to be blamed if as they write he were still wisest in his cups having attained in warfare to high honours and lastly in his charge over the german shipping willingly as was thought miscarried trusting on his power with the western armies and joined with proculus bore himself awhile for emperor but after a long and bloody fight at cullen vanquished by probus he hanged himself and gave occasion of a ready jest made on him for his much drinking here hangs a tankard not a man After this, Probus, with much wisdom, prevented a new rising here in Britain by the severe loyalty of Victorinus, a moor, at whose entreaty he had placed here that governor which rebelled. For, the emperor upbraiding him with the disloyalty of the man whom he had commanded, Victorinus, undertaking to set all right again, hastes thither, and, finding indeed the governor to intend sedition, by some contrivance not mentioned in the story, slew him whose name some imagine to be cornelius lelianus they write also that probus gave leave to the spaniards gauls and britons to plant vines and to make wine and having subdued the vandals and burgundians in a great battle sent over many of them hither to inhabit where they did good service to the romans when any insurrection happened in the isle after whom carus emperor going against the persians Left Carinus, post Christ 280, returned to text. One of his sons to govern, among other western provinces, this island with imperial authority. But him Diocletian, saluted emperor by the eastern armies, overcame and slew. About which time, Carausius, post Christ 284, returned to text. A man of low parentage, born in Minapia, about the parts of Cleves and Julier who, passing through all military degrees, was made at length admiral of the Belgic and Armoric Seas, then much infested by the Franks and Saxons. What he took from the pirates, he neither restored to the owners, nor accounted for it to the public, but enriched himself therewith, and yet not scouring the seas, but conniving rather at those sea-robbers, he was grown at length too great a delinquent to be less than an emperor. Note, Post-Christ, 285. Return to text. For well, fear and guiltiness in those days made emperors oftener than merit, and understanding that Maximilianus Herculius, Diocletian's adopted son, was come against him into Gallia, passed over with the navy which he had made his own into Britain, and possessed the island. There, note, post-Christ 286, Returned to text, he built a new fleet after the Roman fashion, got into his power the legion that was left there in garrison and detained there other outlandish cohorts enlisted the very merchants and factors of gallia and with the allurements of spoil invited great numbers of other barbarous nations to his part and trained them to the sea-service wherein the romans at that time were grown so out of skill that Carausius, with his navy did at sea what he listed robbing on every coast whereby maximilian being able to come no nearer than the shore of Bologne. Was forced to conclude a peace with Carausius and yield him Britain, as one fittest to guard the province there against inroads from the north. But not long after, note post Christ 291, returned to text Maximilian, having assumed Constantius Chlorus to the dignity of Caesar, sent him against Carausius, who, in the meanwhile, had made himself strong both within the land and without. Gofford of Monmouth writes that he made the Picts his confederates, to whom lately come out of Scythia he gave Albany to dwell in, and it is observed that before his time the Picts are not known to have been anywhere mentioned, and then first by Eumenius, a rhetorician. He repaired and fortified the wall of Severus with seven castles, and a roundhouse of smooth stone on the bank of Caron, which river, Sethninius was of his name so called he built also a triumphal arch in remembrance of some victory there obtained in france he held Gesseroricum or bologna and all the franks which had by his permission seated themselves in belgia were at his devotion but constantius hasting into gallia besieges bologna and with stones and timber obstructing the port keeps out all relief that could be sent in by carousius who Ere Constantius, with the great fleet which he had prepared, could arrive thither, was slain treacherously. Post Christ, two ninety-two, returned to text by Electus, one of his friends, who longed to step into his place when he, during seven years and worthily, as some say, as others tyrannically, had ruled the island. So much the more did Constantius prosecute that opportunity before Electus could well strengthen his affairs, and though in ill weather putting to sea with all urgency from several havens to spread the terror of his landing and the doubt where to expect him in a mist passing the british fleet unseen that lay scouting near the isle of wight no sooner got ashore but he fires his own ships to leave no hope of refuge but in victory electus also though now much dismayed transfers his fortune to a battle on the shore but encountered by asclepiodotus Captain of the Praetorian bands, and desperately rushing on, unmindful of ordering his men or bringing them all to fight, save the accessories of his treason and his outlandish hirelings, is overthrown and slain with little or no loss to the Romans, but great execution on the Franks. His body was found almost naked in the field, for the purple robe he had thrown aside, lest it should descry him, unwilling to be found the rest taking flight to london and purposing with the pillage of that city to escape by sea are met by another part of the roman army whom the mist at sea disjoining had by chance brought thither and with a new slaughter chased through all the streets the britons their wives also and children with great joy went out to meet constantius as one whom they acknowledged to be their deliverer from bondage and insolence All this seems, by the account given of it, by Eumenius, who was living at that time, and was of Constantius's household, to have been done in the course of one continued action. So also thinks Sigonius, a learned writer, though all others allow three years to the tyranny of Electus. In these days were great store of workmen and excellent builders in this island, whom, after the alteration of things here, the eduans in burgundy entertained to build their temples and public edifices diocletian having hitherto successfully used his valour against the enemies of his empire uses now his rage in a bloody persecution against his obedient and harmless christian subjects from the feeling whereof neither was this island though most remote far enough removed among them here who suffered gloriously aaron and julius of Careron upon us but chiefly alban of Verulam, were most renowned the story of whose martyrdom soiled and worse martyred with the fabling zeal of some idle fanciers more fond of miracles than apprehensive of truth deserves not longer digression constantius after diocletian dividing the empire with galerius had britain among his other provinces where either preparing for or returning with a victory From an expedition against the caledonians he died at york note post christ 306 return to text his son constantine who happily came post from rome to bologna just about the time saith eumenius that his father was setting sail his last time hither and not long before his death was by him on his deathbed named and after his funeral by the whole army saluted emperor there goes a fame and that seconded by most of our own historians though not those the ancientest that constantine was born in this island and that his mother helena was the daughter of Coilus, a british prince but this prince coelus could not surely be coelus the father of king lucius whose sister she must then be for that would make her be too old by a hundred years to be the mother of constantine but to salve this incoherence Another Coilus is feigned to be then Earl of Colchester. To this, therefore, the Roman authors gave no testimony, except a passage or two in the Panegyrics, about the sense whereof much is argued. Other writers who lived nearest to those times clear the doubt, and write him certainly born of a mean woman, Helena, the concubine of Constantius, at Nysus in Dardania. Note. Post-Christ, 307. Return to text. Albeit ere his departure hence he seems to have had some bickerings in the north which by reason of more urgent affairs being amicably composed he passes into gallia and after four years returns either to settle or to alter the state of things here until a new war against Maxentius called him back leaving pacitianus his vice-regent he deceasing constantine his eldest son enjoyed for his part of the empire with all the provinces that lay on this side the Alps, this island also. Note post Christ 340, returned to text. But falling to civil war with Constans, his brother, was by him slain, who with his third brother Constantius, coming into Britain, seized it as victor. Against him rose Magnentius, one of his chief commanders, by some affirmed the son of a Briton, he having gained on his side great forces, contested with constantius in many battles for the sole empire but vanquished in the end slew himself note post christ 350 return to text somewhat before this time gracianus funarius the father of valentinian afterwards emperor had chief command of those armies which the romans kept here and the arian doctrine which then divided christendom wrought also in this island no small disturbance A land, saith Gildas, greedy of everything new, steadfast in nothing. At last, note, post-Christ 359, returned a text. Constantius appointed a synod of more than four hundred bishops to assemble at Arminium, at the emperor's charges, which the rest, all refusing, three only of the British, poverty constraining them, accepted, though the other bishops among them offered to have borne their charges esteeming it more honourable to live on the public than to be obnoxious to any private purse doubtless an ingenuous mind and far above the presbyters of our age who like well to sit in assembly on the public stipend but liked not the poverty that caused these to do so after this martinus was deputed of the province who, being offended with the cruelty which Paulus, an inquisitor, sent from Constantius, exercised in his inquiry after those military officers who had conspired with Magnantius, was himself laid hold on as an accessory. At which, enraged, he runs at Paulus with his drawn sword, but failing to kill him, turns it on himself. Next to whom, as may be guessed, Olypius was made deputy. In the meantime, Julian, whom constantius had made caesar having recovered much territory about the rhine where the german inroads before had long insulted to relieve those countries most ruined causes eight hundred pinnaces to be built and with them by frequent voyages plenty of corn to be fetched in from britain which even then was the usual bounty of this soil to those parts as oft as french and saxon pirates hindered not the transportation while constantius yet reigned the scots and picts breaking upon the northern confines julian being at paris sends over lupicinus a well-tried soldier but a proud and covetous man who with the power of light-armed herulians batavians and Mycians, in the midst of winter sailing from bologna arrives at Rutupiae, seated on the opposite shore and comes to london to consult there about the war but soon after was recalled by julian the then chosen emperor under whom we read not of aught happening here only that palladius one of his great officers was hither banished this year valentinian being emperor the atticots picts and scots roving up and down and last the saxons with perpetual landings and invasions harried the south coast of britain slew nectaridius who governed the sea borders, and bulcobides with his forces by an ambush with which news, Valentinian, not a little perplexed, sends first Severus, high steward of his house, and soon recalls him, and then Juvenus, who intimating the necessity of greatest supplies, he sent at length Theodosius, a man of tried valor and experience, father to the first emperor of that name. He, note post Christ, three sixty four, return to text, with selected numbers out of the legions and cohorts crosses the sea from Bologna to Rutupiae, from whence, with the Batavians, Herulians, and other legions that arrived soon after, he marches to London, and, dividing his forces into several bodies, sets upon the dispersed and plundering enemy, laden with spoil, from whom, recovering the booty which they led away, and were forced to leave there with their lives, he restores all to the right owners, save a small portion to his wearied soldiers, and enters London victoriously which after having been for some time involved in many straits and difficulties was now revived as with a great deliverance the numerous enemy with whom he had to deal was of different nations and the war scattered which theodosius getting daily some intelligence from fugitives and prisoners resolves to carry on by sudden parties and surprisals rather than by set battles nor omits he to proclaim indemnity to such as would lay down their arms and accept a peace which brought in many yet all this not ending the work he requires that civilis a man of much uprightness might be sent him to be as deputy of the island and Dulcitius a famous captain thus was theodosius busied besetting with ambushes the roving enemy repressing his inroads restoring cities and castles to their former safety and defence laying everywhere the firm foundation of a long peace when valentinus Note Post Christ 368 returned to text. A Pannonian, for some great offence, banished into Britain, conspiring with certain exiles and soldiers against Theodosius, whose worth he dreaded as the only obstacle to his greater design of gaining the Isle into his power, is discovered, and with his chief accomplices delivered over to condign punishment. Against the rest theodosius with a wise lenity suffered not inquisition to proceed too rigorously lest the fear thereof appertaining to so many occasion might arise of new trouble in a time so unsettled this done he applies himself to reform things out of order raises on the confines many strongholds and in them appoints due and diligent watches and so reduced all things out of danger that the province which but lately was under the command of the enemy became now wholly Roman, and received the new name of Valentia, from Valentinian, and the city of London, that of Augusta. Thus Theodosius, nobly acquitting himself in all affairs, with general applause of the whole province, accompanied to the seaside, returns to Valentinian, who about five years after sent hither Frau Marius, a king of the Almonds, note, post-Christ, 373, returned to text with the authority of a tribune over his own country forces which then both for number and good service were in high esteem against gratian who succeeded in the western empire maximus a spaniard and one who had served in the british wars with the younger theodosius for he also either with his father or not long after him seems to have done something in this island and now general of the roman armies here Either discontented that Theodosius was preferred before him to the empire, or constrained by the soldiers who hated Gratian, assumes the imperial purple. Note, post Christ 383, return to text, and having attained victory against the Scots and Picts, with the flower and strength of Britain, passes into France, there slays Gratian, and without much difficulty, during the space of five years, note post-christ 388 return to text obtains his part of the empire but is overthrown at length and slain by theodosius with whom perishing most of his followers or not returning out of armorica which maximus had given them to possess the south of britain by this means exhausted of her youth and what there was of roman soldiers on the confines drawn off became a prey to savage invasions post christ three eighty eight returned to text of scots from the irish seas of saxons from the german of picts from the north against them first chrysanthus the son of marcian a bishop made deputy of britain by theodosius demeaned himself worthily post christ three eighty nine returned to text then stilicho a man of great power whom theodosius dying left protector of his son honorius Either came in person or sending over sufficient aid, repressed them, and, as it seems, new fortified the wall against them. But that legion being called away when the Roman armies from all parts hastened to relieve Honorius post Christ four hundred two returned to text, then besieged in Asta of Piedmont by Alaric the Goth, Britain was left exposed as before to those barbarous robbers lest any wonder how the scots came to infest britain from the irish sea it must be understood that the scots not many years before had been driven all out of britain by maximus and their king eugenius slain in fight as their own annals report whereby it seems that wandering up and down without any certain seat they lived by scumming those seas and shores as pirates but more authentic writers confirm us that the scots whoever they might be originally came first into Ireland and dwelt there, and named it Scotia, long before the north of Britain took that name. Erosius, who lived at this time, writes that Ireland was then inhabited by Scots. About this time, note, post-Christ, 405, return to text. Though troublesome, Pelagius in Britain found the church, and is largely writ against by St. Austin. But the Roman powers, which were called into Italy when once the fear of Alaric was over, made return into several provinces, and perhaps Victorinus of Tolosa, whom Rutilius, the poet, much commends, might be then prefect of this island, if it were not he whom Stilicho sent hither. Buchanan writes that, endeavoring to reduce the Picts into a province, he gave the occasion of their calling back Fergusius and the Scots, whom Maximus, with their help, had quite driven out of the island. And indeed, the verses of that poet speak him to have been active in those parts. But the time which is assigned him later by Buchanan, after Gratianus Municeps, by Camden after Constantine the Tyrant, accords not with that which follows in the plain course of history. post Christ 407. Return to text. For the Vandals, having broke in and wasted all Belgia, even to those places from whence easiest passages into Britain. The Roman forces here, doubting to be suddenly invaded, were all in uproar, and in tumultuous manner set up Marcus, who, it may seem, was then deputy. But him, not found agreeable to their heady courses, they as hastily kill, for the giddy favour of a mutinying rout is as dangerous as their fury. The like they do by Gratian, a British Roman, in four months advanced, adored, and destroyed there was among them a common soldier whose name was constantine with him on a sudden so taken they are upon the conceit put in them of the luckiness in his name as without other visible merit to create him emperor it fortuned that the man had not his name for naught so well he knew who lay hold and make good use of an unexpected offer he therefore with a weakened spirit to the extent of his fortune dilating his mind which, in his mean condition before, lay contracted and shrunk up, orders with good advice his military affairs, and with the whole force of the province and what of British was able to bear arms, he passed into France, aspiring at least to an equal share with Honorius in the empire, where by the valour of Eudobicus, a Frank, and Gerontius, of Britain, and partly by persuasion, gaining all in his way, he came to Arles. With like felicity by his son Constans, whom of a monk he had made a Caesar, and by the conduct of Gerontius, he reduces all Spain to his obedience. But Constans, after this displacing Gerontius, the affairs of Constantine soon went to wreck. For he, by this means alienated, set up Maximus, one of his friends, against him in Spain. Note, Post-Christ, 409, return to text. And passing into France, took Vienna by assault, and having slain Constance in that city, calls on the vandals against Constantine, who, by him incited breaking forward, overrun most part of France. But when Constantius Comes, the emperor's general, with a strong power, came out of Italy, Gerontius, deserted by his own forces, retires into Spain, where also growing into contempt with the soldiers after his flight out of france by whom his house in the night was beset having first with a few of his servants defended himself valiantly and slain above three hundred though when his darts and other weapons were spent he might have escaped at a private door as all his servants did not enduring to leave his wife Nonichia, whom he loved to the violence of an enraged crew he first cuts off the head of his friend alanus as was agreed Next, his wife, though loath and delaying, yet by her entreated and importuned, refusing to outlive her husband, he dispatches, for which her resolution, so an ecclesiastic writer, gives her high praise, both as a wife and as a Christian. Last of all, against himself he turns his sword, but missing the mortal place, with his poniard, finishes the work. Thus far is pursued the story of a famous Briton, related negligently by our other historians. As for Constantine, his ending was not answerable to his setting out, for he with his other son Julian, being besieged by Constantius in Oro, and mistrusting the change of his wonted success, to save his head poorly turns priest, but that not availing him is carried into Italy and there put to death, having four years acted the Emperor while these things were doing the britons at home destitute of roman aid and the chief strength of their own youth that went first with maximus then with constantine not returning home vexed and harassed by their wonted enemies had sent messages to honorius but he at that time not being able to defend rome itself which in the same year was taken by alaric advises them by his letter to consult how best they might provide for their own safety and acquits them of the roman jurisdiction They, therefore, thus relinquished, and by all right the government relapsing into their own hands, thenceforth betook themselves to live after their own laws, defending their bounds as well as they were able, and the Armoricans, who not long after were called the Britons of France, followed their example. Thus expired this great empire of the Romans, first in Britain, and soon after in Italy itself, having borne chief sway in this island though never thoroughly subdued or all at once in subjection if we reckon from the coming in of julius caesar to the taking of rome by alaric in which year honorius wrote those letters of discharge into britain for the space of four hundred sixty-two years and with the empire fell also what before in this western world was chiefly roman learning valor eloquence history civility and even language itself All these together, as it were, with equal pace, diminishing and decaying. Henceforth we are to steer by another sort of authors, near enough in situation to the things they write of, as they happened in their own country, if that would serve, and in time not much related, some of them being of equal age, but in expression barbarous, and, to say how judicious, I suspend a while. This we must expect. In civil matters, to find them dubious relators, and still to the best advantage of what they term holy church, meaning indeed themselves, in most other matters of religion, blind, astonished, and struck with superstition, as with a planet, in one word, monks. Yet these guides, where can be had no better, must be followed. In gross, it may be true enough in circumstances every reader as his judgment guides him may reserve his faith or bestow it but so different a state of things requires a several relation end of the second book of the history of britain by john Milton, recording by thomas Copeland.